0: Will you follow Christ this morning? The title of this morning's message is kingship And would you stand with me as we read Matthew chapter number four and verse number 12 and as we're in a series called ships Ships are the essential values that keeps the church afloat And Matthew chapter number four verse 12 says this Now when he heard that John the Baptist had been arrested He withdrew to Galilee and leaving Nazareth He went and he lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun of Naphtali And so that it was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled And the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in great darkness have seen a great light. And those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand while he was by the sea He saw two brothers Simon who is called Peter and Andrew his brother casting nets into the sea for they were fishermen and he said to them Follow me and I will make you fishers of men Immediately they left their nets and followed him as we talk about kingship just for a minute The literal definition of kingship is this kingship It is the position the power or the province of a king the domain ruled by a king or a kingdom the period or tenure of a king and his reign and a monarchy. And so all those definitions define what a kingdom is. And Jesus began to declare his message in Matthew 4 saying, Repent for the kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. kingdom is at hand. And when you get born again and you come into a relationship with Christ Jesus, you are no longer American. You are in now a kingdom. Amen? All right, I, some of y'all just got really upset with that. I'm not saying you're not American, okay? But you must become... A Believer in the Lord Jesus Christ a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ more than you even are an American Oh, and this is gonna hurt even more than you are a Texan Ouch Somebody are like oh you can go America, but don't go Texas Because I need you to know something if you're going to follow Jesus Christ and follow the king He must be king of your life king of your domain king of the kingdom that you begin to operate in can I get an amen? And so if Jesus Christ is going to be king and we are getting aboard this ship called kingship, it is time that we must really find out what it comes with coming into a kingdom rather than just living and going to a church, amen? And so this morning I want us to think just a little bit, when you're on a ship, there is one captain, one man in charge, and I will tell you this, the captain is the king of that ship. It doesn't matter if you are in the United States Navy and you are an American citizen on that ship, whatever the captain says goes. You don't have many rights anymore because the captain is now in charge and you are submitted to a higher authority than yourself. When you get born again and you come into the kingdom of God and you get on the king's ship, you are now submitting to a higher authority. You have now given up your rights as a person. That's why we love Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ that lives within me. Amen. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God and he who gave himself up for me. We love to quote that verse until kingship actually comes into our life. But when kingship comes into our life, we got to realize we must submit to a higher authority. And on a ship, the captain is very recognizable. There is no question About who the captain is there is no controversy about who runs the ship. There is no issues when the captain says jump the people say how high can I get an amen? Because the order of the ship and the success of the return of the ship depend and the responsibility solely relies on that of the captain. It is his responsibility to get the ship out make sure it's taken care of and get the ship back home safely amen but with a people that are submitted to his kingship on the boat. Now, I want to clarify who is the king and the captain of the ship that we're on. The king and the captain of the ship we are on is Jesus Christ. And when I say Jesus Christ, a lot of us get this mental image in our head of baby Jesus away in the manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. Some of us think of that one. Some of us get the idea of Jesus first stepping into the ministry and walking on water. Some of us get the picture of Jesus Christ as three days ago crucified, hanging on the cross with our Western theology in it, with a little trickle of blood, which has is way off. And then some of us even, we get the picture of Jesus Christ, resurrected Savior Jesus Christ, coming back, and he's walking on the earth for 40 days with pierced hands, and he says, put your hand in my side, Thomas. And Thomas does, and we get that picture of Jesus. But can I tell you, that's not the picture of the captain. That is not what Jesus looks like today. None of those scenarios are. Let me give you a clear and distinct description of the captain. Because this is how the captain looks today. And John writes this. Then I turned to see the voice of him who was speaking. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, there was one like the Son of Man. He was clothed with a long white robe and with a golden sash around his chest. His hair was white on his head like that of wool, like that of snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were a burnished bronze refined in a furnace. His voice was like the roar of many waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a two-edged sword. And his face was shining like the sun full of strength. And when I saw him, I fell off my feet as though I was dead I don't want you to get this picture in your head Of all those previous things I just mentioned because the bible gives a clear depiction of what our captain looks like And a lot of people are looking for the wrong captain You're looking for a man Who was yes born yes lived yes died and was resurrected but john saw a true picture of the captain. And John doesn't begin to stop there in his writing. Revelation 19 says this, Then I saw heaven opened up, and behold, a white horse, and sitting on him was one called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire. And his head on his head are many diadems. And his name was written that on himself that no one knows. And he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And by that name which he is called the word of God. And the armies of heaven are arrayed in fine linen. Pure white with, uh, were flowing on him with white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword which he is to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with an iron rod. And he will tread upon the winepress the fury of the wrath of god almighty and on his robe and on his thigh is written the name king of kings and lord of lords because the reason i'm reading this to you this morning and before i read one more scripture is because i want you to realize we don't have a weak captain We do not have a powerless captain. We have a captain who died, was buried, descended into hell, was raised again on the third day, was ascended into newness of life, and he took with him the keys of death and the grave, and he's a king that we can follow. He is the king of kings and lord of lords, and we are on his ship called kingship. And this is my favorite verse. Jesus on this ship, I said he's responsible for getting it back home. Revelation 22, 12 says, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the alpha. I am the omega. I am the first. I am the last. I am the beginning, and I am the end. Amen. Can I tell you, when you get on that ship, there is no question about who is in charge. Amen. When you get on the ship of kingship and you step aboard, it's not such thing as a cruise liner. It's we are under a kingdom authority, a kingdom power, and that power is Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus has an agenda. Jesus has a mission. He's got a passion and he's got a promise that he's going to fulfill throughout the ages, and that's to get this ship home safely. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now the question is, are you on that ship? Because a lot of us haven't boarded this ship of kingship yet. A lot of them have been on the ship of churchship. We come to a church, we get active in church, we sing songs at church, but we haven't stepped aboard kingship just yet. And I'm going to challenge you before the morning's done to step aboard a ship called kingship. Don't just let Jesus Christ be your savior. Make him king of kings and lord of lords of your life before this morning's done. There are three things the captain of the ship is responsible for the first thing the captain of the ship is responsible for is he is responsible for the personnel aboard that ship. You ought to get excited on that if you're on kingship. That means Jesus is responsible for the people aboard his ship called kingship, and that's me. Jesus says, I take personal responsibility for Joel T. Meyer when he does Galatians 2.20 and crucifies himself, and he no longer lives, but now I live within him. I take personal responsibility for that man. If you can't get excited about that, you can't get excited about being a believer, amen? Jesus Christ says, get aboard my ship, and I'll take personal responsibility for you. A Navy captain is held accountable for any bad behavior that takes place on that ship, any neglect of poor duty or management of his officers. He will answer to the military government. Thus, the Navy captain must know what is happening on his ship at all times. Woo, some of y'all are like, I don't want Jesus knowing what's going on in my life at all times. I'm good with Sunday morning, pastor. I like the altar time when I can pray during worship and I can just come get it all right. <laughs> can I tell you, Jesus is on a ship. He's got an agenda. He's got a pointed plan. And he's ready to get that ship home safely. Back to the Father. With you aboard it. So when Jesus says, I take personal responsibility for every action on that ship, do you understand a captain in the United States Navy can be fired for the actions of a private on his ship? Do you understand the captain of a Navy can get fired or lose his rank, lose his ship for the actions of an officer under him? And Jesus, knowing where his standing with God the Father is, And the actions we did, said, I'll take responsibility for that. And when he took responsibility for that, this is what he did. The Bible says he grew up like a young plant out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. And no beauty that we should desire him. But Jesus, listen to this, knowing us, knowing he's going to have to take responsibility for us, listen to what he did. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for my transgressions. He was crushed for my iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought my peace. And by his wounds, Joel T. Meyer is healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray and turned, to, and turned, every one of us, to his own way. And the Lord God, the Heavenly Father, laid upon Christ, his captain, the iniquity of all of us. Jesus said, I'll take responsibility for this ship, God. Christ stepped up and he said, I'll take responsibility for this ship. I will be the captain of this ship. I know every one of them has failed, God, and it's a fireable offense on their part. But I'm going to take responsibility. Jesus, the captain of our ship, is responsible for the personnel on the ship. He's also, responsible <clears throat> He's also responsible for the ship itself. The captain is responsible for the ship itself. They must ensure the condition and the quality of the ship. This means that they must perform continual is- inspections to ensure the ship for, to be fit at sea. Furthermore, the captain... Has such a significant responsibility toward the ship the captain cannot go on a leave of absence During the ship when she is out to sea as her time as captain Jesus cannot go on a leave of absence people Jesus being captain of our ship cannot go on a leave of absence and listen to what jesus says in john fourteen eighteen. He says I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you yet. A, yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you see me Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Did you catch what I just said? The captain cannot take a leave of absence from his ship when it is out to sea. He cannot leave the ship. He must be on the ship at all times. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. Jesus said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me and I am in you and you are in me. That means we are in the Father himself we got to begin to understand as a church, as the body of Christ, when we board kingship, when we get on the ship that the king is sailing, when we get on the ship that the king is the captain of and he is operating in, this kingship that we're on is not a dictator kingship. The king wants to be personally acquainted with you. The king wants to have a personal relationship with every one of you. And he said this, Cody, I am in the Father and the Father is is in me. I am in you and you are in me. So as many people get aboard kingship and are on the ship that the king is sailing, where we declare Jesus Christ as king of kings and lord of lords, even that king of kings and lord of lords who's coming back on a white horse who said I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, says I don't want to abandon you. I want a personal relationship with you, Maxie, He says, I want to get into your space." Whew. Jesus says, "I want to get into your space, because as we just read, the captain is responsible for the ship in every area, therefore he must he must do routine inspections of every area of the ship, personnel included.. Whew. I'm getting kind of nervous a little bit. (laughs) Lord Jesus, come inspect my life. Some of us, we, we really don't want to pray that prayer. But can I tell you why they got to do routine inspections? Because if they do not do routine inspections, something will begin to slide through the cracks. And one day when you are out in the middle of the ocean and warfare begins, you cannot have a crack that starts opening up. You cannot have an issue that starts breaking out. You cannot have a faulty rudder. You cannot have a faulty engine compartment. You cannot have a a faulty uh, missile launcher going on. You must have everything in pristine order because listen, the battle is not just coming as a believer. The battle is already here. And the reason why Christ wants to do routine inspections on you is so you are ready for battle. He doesn't want to do it to make you feel bad. And so you'll come to the altar and cry more. And some of y'all have ugly cries at the altar. I'm just saying. And there ain't nothing wrong with an ugly cry. You know what an ugly cry is. When men do an ugly cry, we just got snot everywhere. It's like. I mean an ugly cry. And that's okay to have an ugly cry. Women have an ugly cry and it gets messy quick, y'all. Can you check my mascara? It's fine. Oh, Jesus. And then they just lose it. And you got mascara everywhere and just poured down. I mean, looks like Halloween gone bad sometimes. (laughs) She's like, I can't believe he's saying this at Easter. It's Easter, I'm telling you. Jesus does not want to do routine inspections for your guilt, He needs to do routine inspections for your life and your ability to live so many people say oh i just feel so bad i feel so guilty quit because it is just a feeling jesus is not doing this to make you feel bad he's doing this so the ship will stay afloat and we can be a battleship in the midst of a wide open ocean that needs a people that can look to it and find direction to find course and to find their way back home can i get an amen So when Jesus says, I need to be intimately acquainted with you, Larry, it's not for Larry to feel bad. It's so Larry can say, that way I know I'm a soldier on the king's ship. You know what's even worse? Zach, if the king said, I don't need to inspect you, that means you're about to get thrown off the ship. I'm not saying you're losing your salvation. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying if you reject the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life long enough, He'll quit doing routine inspections until you're ready to start living again. I'm telling you, when you quit, uh, when, when you keep pressing the Holy Spirit away, say, no, I'm not giving in. I'm not asking for forgiveness. I'm not repenting. There comes a time when the Holy Spirit just backs off. And the Word of God says it's in, in Ephesians, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because when you grieve the Holy Spirit, He just takes His hands off. I didn't say you lose your salvation because you got the Holy Spirit in you as a deposit guaranteeing your salvation. So you're saved, you're born again. But his ability to use you. You may as well get locked up on the boat because you are of no use. So the routine inspections is not for your guilt. It's to make sure the ship is in pristine order because we're on a mission, we're going somewhere, we're doing something for the kingdom of God. Everybody say, I want to be inspected because I want to be used so the, sh- the captain of the ship is responsible for the personnel he is responsible for the ship itself and get this he is responsible for the safe return of the ship this is where it gets fun if you're a believer this is where it gets real fun if you truly believe what the bible says if the ship is out to sea the captain has a duty to keep the ship out for the required time A lot of people are asking this question, when is Jesus going to come back? I don't know, but I know there's a required time frame, okay, that that we're supposed to be here on this earth. And the Bible says this, that Jesus Christ will come back when the whole world has had the gospel preached. So if you want to see Jesus come, get on the ship of kingship and get out there and start telling people about Jesus, amen? Amen. Because whether you believe it or not, there are people in Sulphur Springs, Texas who have not heard the name Jesus. If you don't believe me, go into any school system we have and see how many people need Jesus. So the duration, the ship is supposed to be out at sea for a certain time, and you know, we're not in heaven right now. If you're in heaven right now, um, let, let's talk. But we are physically seated here on this earth in our physical bodies while we are spiritually seated in heaven, in in heavenly places, amen, according to Ephesians. So as we're seated in heavenly places, we're physically here on this earth. But there is a day when our physical seat or our, our spiritual seat in heaven and our physical seat here begin to mesh and combine. And that's when the ship comes home. Have you ever seen a naval ship when it pulls into port? Have you seen the people lined up for the celebrations? Have you seen the families out there? Because the ship was gone for a designated time. And sometimes the ship is even recalled to stay out a little bit longer than it was supposed to because there is a need greater than them coming home. Sounds very similar to the Bible. Jesus, God says, through the the Bible says, if he tarries, it is because more souls are needing to be saved. So even if we are out a little past our planned predestined time to come home, there's a reason for it. And as we're out at our past plan, predestined time to come home, Jesus is still in charge of getting the ship home safely. And that's why I love that last verse in the the book of Revelation that, that we read this morning. And he says, Behold, I am coming soon. The ship's coming home soon. I am bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the first. I am the last. And so the captain is responsible for bringing the ship home safe and all the personnel on it after the required time that the vessel was supposed to be out to sea. Christ is here to ensure the safety of the ship. 1 Thessalonians says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry and a command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord forevermore. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. A lot of us try to do a lot of encouraging in the body of Christ. But the main thing of encouragement that we need to do is teach our people to stay the course to stay the course, stay on this ship of kingship. Jesus is responsible for you personally. He's responsible for the ship, and he's responsible for the safe return of the ship. So what that means is the body of Christ is literally all that we have to do, Mitch, is this, is stay faithful while we are aboard the ship, and Jesus promises to take care of us, he promises to ensure the safety of the ship, and he promises to get us home safely and on time. Just like the Bible says in the book of Romans, he says, at just the right time, Christ came, died for us, the sinners, once and for all. And listen, there's going to be another Kairos moment that says, at just the right time, Jesus is going to stand up, and the heavens are going to split wide open, and we're going to be looking east, and in the flash, and the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet sound, the dead are going to go caught up first, and so if you start seeing dead people rise, it's not some freak show movie, you better get ready. And I'm talking like this real quick, oh Lord Jesus, help me and help my friends. And I'm just starting to talk you got to grab hands, baby. Because if they're not saved around you and you start going up, I hope you got a good grip. They'll get saved real quick about 10 feet off the ground. They'll start repenting. I'm just saying. <laughs> and they'll come to know Jesus. And so all this is great. And the Bible says, Jeff, to encourage one another with these scriptures that I've just read. The one issue in the body of Christ that we constantly battle, though, and this is the most devastating issue on the ship, and this causes ships to sink all over the world, it's when mutiny happens on a ship. It's when mutiny occurs on a ship. And I'm going to give you the the literal definition of the word mutiny and see if you've not experienced this in a church setting at one point in your life. Mutiny is this. It is a conspiracy among a group of individuals, typically members of the military or a crew of any ship, even if they are civilians, to openly oppose, challenge, or overthrow by forcible or passive resistance to lawful authority to which they are supposed to be subject to. Okay, that was a lot of words. Some of you are like, you lost me after about two sentences into that. Basically, it's an uprising to overthrow the current authority that is in place. And you've seen some of the movies out there where mutiny happens on a ship. And you have a divided ship. And when the ship is divided and you have a divided ship, half the people are with the captain. And half the people are usually with the ranking officer that's causing the mutiny. And it causes a division line. And it causes a line that's similar to the one right down the center of this church. And you got to say, I'm on this side or I'm on this side. But what happens to the course and the direction of the ship? Everything stops on the ship. If they got called to battle, they would not go to battle because nobody knows who to follow. If they got called to war, they would not know what to do. In fact, when mutiny occurs on the ship, they literally become this term, a sitting duck. A sitting duck, and we all know what that term means. You're ready to get picked off out of the water. And I've seen more ships go down because they decided that there were more people on board that could be king rather than Jesus himself. That they lost focus of who the real king on the ship was. That the real king on the ship has been and always will be Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. But sometimes we seem to get in the way of the king and the captain of the ship. And so I'm going to ask you in your life, Jesus is responsible for the personnel on the ship. He's responsible for the ship itself and he is responsible for the returning of the ship. If you are on board of the, king, the ship kingship, I want to touch base on the first point just for a minute. He's responsible for the personnel and wants to be intimately equated with everybody on the ship. But Ronnie, I'll be honest with you, in my life, I've caused mutiny on the ship of Joel T. Meyer from time to time on my ship, the ship of Joel T. Meyer, the ship of me, myself and I, the ship that God wants to govern in my own personal life, the ship of me and what he's called me to do in this life. I've caused mutiny against my king before. And this has nothing to do with TWBC. I'm talking your personal life right here. What areas of your personal life might you be causing mutiny in? That has caused your ship, the ship of your life, to come to a standstill. That have caused you to stop and be stuck in the middle of the water. And you wonder why the devil's having a heyday with your life. Because you feel like a sitting duck. And they're taking pot shots at you. Have you ever heard those terms used about your own life before? A lot of times it's not because you're in this huge, horrible circumstance. And oh, the devil's so bad. A lot of times it's a little act of rebellion on the inside of your heart. That's caused mutiny against the king. And when mutiny against the king begins to happen, the ship comes to a screeching halt. It stops. And when it stops, it's not on course. It's not on direction. And getting the ship home in a timely manner doesn't happen. Some of you guys are wondering, when is the perfect will of God ever going to take place for my life? Ask yourself, are you causing mutiny on the ship to cause it to have stalled? If so, it's time to get the ship cranked up again. It's time to kneel down before the king of kings and lord of lords and say, Jesus, forgive me, because I am submitting to your lordship and your kingship the King of kings and Lord of lords. Some of you may be saying, Joel, it just seems my like my ship is constantly under attack. Now, that can mean one of two things, that you are in right in the smack middle of God's will. And if you are there, that's great, praise the Lord, because it's upon Jesus to protect the personnel, to protect the ship, and the ship to get home safely. So praise the Lord. But many of us are under attack in our life, not because we're in the middle of God's will. It's because we kind of got off course a little bit. And the captain, even though he hadn't been absent from the ship, one of us has went up to the the seat and kind of took the helm and kind of turned the boat a little bit. I want to take this career path, God. God says, no, I got a better plan for you over here. But I like this one. And there's mutiny on the ship. In your life, is there mutiny in your life? Is there mutiny on your ship? The ship of your life, the ship of Alan, ship of Terry, ship of Ed, ship of Caitlin. Is there mutiny on your ship? If there is, I got great news for you. Because Jesus is not only our captain, he's also our king. And the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every Knee will bow. There is no other name other than the name of Jesus given unto men by which we must be saved. So if there is mutiny on your ship, you got to say one word, and this one word is very simple. This one word, if there's, if there's mutiny on your ship, is simply this it's Jesus. It's not forgive me, it's not help, it's simply Jesus because that's the name that's above every other name. It's the name of Jesus where God says, I'm activating all the angels of heaven to come to your rescue because you called upon the name by which you must be saved. It's the name of Jesus that's high and lifted up. It's the name of Jesus Christ that's King of kings and Lord of lords. It is the name of Jesus that will put your ship back in the right direction and get you home in a timely manner.